Sorry to disappoint you So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like I make mistakes Like, lots of mistakes I'm just trying to do the best that I can do I guess I'm just imperfectly human Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daly, and I want to thank you for tuning into another week. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the love. Um, I want to shout out everyone that is listening on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Breaker, TuneIn, Transistor, wherever you are listening in from, I appreciate it and you are definitely appreciated. So, for those of you who are familiar, familiar, for those of you who are familiar with me, you will know that I am Mr. Daly, uh, principal consultant of Yellow Eight Design. Yellow Eight Design is a business that focuses on helping others shine. Is put simply, that's what we do. So, um, if you read the st- strap line for the business, it says where design and function is design and function in perfect harmony. And what that really means is that we focus on helping businesses design the, the core components of their business, the processes, the architecture of the business as a whole, uh, putting the foundations in place so that they have something that is strong and can stand the test of time. Um, we also help with analytics digital marketing and a number of other areas but fundamentally our job is to help you shine as a business owner and um today i have a special guest with me someone who does shine in their own field marissa is with me and marissa is going to be in the hot seat today (laughs) so all right this is a special episode so marissa say hi to the people Hey, people. (laughs) Very literal. Right. So um, Marissa is, so Marissa runs two businesses, if I'm correct. She has a publishing company, which fascinates me. And then um, she also has a marketing business. So again, something I can relate to. And uh, Marissa started her entrepreneurial journey. And I'm I'm, going to let Marissa tell you more about this um, once we get started, but Marissa started her journey in her teens, if I'm correct. So she is an old hand at this. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> I'm putting the pressure on. <laughs> so um, before we get into everything, I am going to ask Marissa a quick question just to warm her up. And that and Marissa, so let's do the icebreaker question. Can you tell me what your favorite genre of music is and why? Yeah, so I really like rock music, uh, typically alternative rock, um, of course, the classics. But my issue with the classic rock is that they're so overplayed. Like all the classic rock stations, it's always like the same five bands playing the same like 10 songs. Uh, so as much as I love those songs, I really like alternatives. So we're talking like White Stripes and then that morphs into Jack White and his other bands, you know, the, the Dead Weather and the Raconteurs. I love Queens of the Stone Age and then newer music because that's all from like late 90s early 2000s which i didn't discover until the late 2010s when i was in college but um so it's still new to me or newish <laughs> like i'm listening to it for like five to ten years but um 
Yeah. And then newer music, music that's been released more recently, you have like Borns, um, which is not even super classified as like pop, but uh, I, I think of it more as uh, going back to like the psychedelic 60s and 70s kind of sound. Um, then, oh, uh, Curtis Waters, he had a viral song on TikTok called Stunnin', which he does all these different songs and they're in like all different genres. He's done hip hop, he's done rock. It's really cool. Uh, similar to like um, Poppy, who went from doing like rock to pop to um, metal. And now she's back to like classic rock. So I love all that crowd. Awesome. Awesome. So that's a, that's a quite an eclectic sound. I know you, you said rock, but I guess the artists you listen to kind of dabble in other things. And yes. um, you, you said something that kind of struck a chord with me and that's the nineties. That's to me, those were my teenage years. I, I love anything sort of um, early nineties through to maybe the pre 2010, anything post 2010, I, I struggle to kind of get into my kids. On the other hand, they, they love all the new stuff. But for me, it's, I'm like, give me, give me the older stuff. And, and it's weird because I used to make fun of my parents because they'd be like, oh, I don't like this stuff, play my, and now I'm doing exactly the same thing. So, hey. You know, I was getting like that, but then TikTok made me come back because like I would see the same song on TikTok over and over with, you know, people who I followed, uh, you know, either talking over the songs or sometimes dancing over them. I see a lot more talking videos than dancing videos. And that made it like, oh, yeah, what was the song in the background of that video? So that's how I've gotten back into like, you know what? These new songs aren't so bad. Oh, so that's an interesting um, angle there because, again, I feel like I've missed the gen- the TikTok generation. Um, I think if I if I went on TikTok, my kids would stop using it. <laughs> They'd be like, old people on TikTok, get off. So, um, but how do you use TikTok for your business? Do you um, do you use it as a marketing channel? Yeah, so I have two different TikTok. Uh, accounts. I have one where I just discuss marketing and it does not do nearly as well as my personal one. You know, I get a few thousand views a month on the business one. And my personal one, I get three to 4 million views a month. And on my personal one, I just, I act like myself. I talk about, you know, nerdy, what would have typically been known as like nerdy stuff. Like yesterday I did a video about Spider-Man and uh, joking about the different actors who have played him. Uh, I think my most viral video was uh, talking about uh, the Canadian passport and how it glows under UV lights. So like just those kind of interesting tidbits that get shared easily. That's how you, you know, go kind of viral on TikTok. But what I do, cause you know, the people watching those videos aren't necessarily saying, Oh, I need to purchase books. Oh, I need marketing services. Uh, so what I do is I take those videos and I put them on my other channels like Instagram and uh, YouTube shorts where I have my marketing stuff. And then people see, oh, wow, that's an interesting video. Let me see what else you do. So that's the cool thing with TikTok. You can use the videos on other platforms. Right. Right. So you're into geeky stuff like me. I am. I am comic book nerd. I am um, anime. That's. I'm like, I was in a meeting this afternoon. They were like, oh, what are you planning to get up to? I was like, I'm going to sit this weekend and just watch as much anime as possible. I'm sorry, but I'm a big kid. Uh, anime isn't really made for kids, but it's 
that's me. That's my comfort zone. I love I love that. So you saying you were talking about Spider-Man and the multiple actors that have played him. I like that. So I have to ask, who is your favorite actor? Who who has been your favorite Spider-Man actor so far? No, that's tough because nostalgia dictates that I have to say Tobey Maguire. But I think, you know, I read uh, Stanley's autobiography and his um graphic novel biography and uh, when you read about his vision for Spider-Man that was kind of based on himself as a teenager I mean Tom Holland's version kind of takes the cake but then Andrew Garfield's version like I know it was most people didn't like it I thought he was adorable he was like the cool adorable Spider-Man so like they each have their pros and it is so difficult for me to yeah decide like it really is I don't have a definitive answer I think I'm torn between Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and Tom Holland's. Um, there are elements that I like about Tom Holland's, but I think I think you're you're absolutely right with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. There was this really endearing characteristic to to him, and um, I think you got a bit of that in Tom Holland's one at the end of um, not Endgame, um, Infinity War, when he's about to when he's about to disappear. And that was, you were like, oh my God, the tears. <laughs> but, I uh, came home and was still crying. And my yeah. parents, I, I was actually, I went to visit my parents and I was crying and they were like, what's the matter? I explained something. They were like, are you feeling okay? Like you're crying over <laughs> Spider-Man? Like they don't get it. But. Yeah. So that, that was, that's how I felt. And um, yeah, so I, I'm torn between the two at the moment, but then we could go into a whole debate about who's been the best Batman because I see you wear a Batman top. So yeah. I'm like, we've had no, numerous people play Batman. And I've, I, it's a nice segue into the questions because Bruce Wayne, ultimate entrepreneur, billionaire. Um, but before we jump into the questions, come on, I have to ask, who is your favorite? Yeah, I feel like it has to be Christian Bale. I mean, the first Batman Ooh. I ever saw, yeah, of course, was uh, George Clooney. Mm. Um, and a lot of people even forget that he played Batman, but that was like my first intro into Batman. I was like four years old and I just found it so fun, even though Batman forever is so, you know, people <laughs> hate it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the uh, the Dark Knight. I mean, I think that has to be the greatest Batman film ever made. So, uh, yeah, Christian Bale. Although, oh, my gosh, his Bruce Wayne. I mean, his Batman voice is terrible in that movie. It's so bad. That is yeah. the one bad quality. But, uh, you know, his Bruce Wayne was great. Oh, also, Will Arnett as Lego Batman is perfection. Oh, OK. OK, you're throwing the Lego Batman into that. Oh, my God. That is one of my favorite movies in the world. Cool. Um, I will say... Oh. I agree with you about Christian Bale, but then I love Ben Affleck's portrayal of an older Batman that's jaded and kind of given up on society. And he really plays that, um, the bat, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with the graphic novel where, uh, that it's based on, um, that he's he's Batman is based on, which is the, the Batman that goes up against the old, I can't remember the exact name of the, um, of the graphic novel, but he, it's older Superman versus older Batman. And they go from being the best of friends to enemies. And 
kind of on opposite side of the fence because Batman, Superman has been this super boy scout and Batman is being Batman and he's gone back to being just vicious. So they're at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. But his portrayal of Batman is so true to that graphic novel. And to me, it was kind of refreshing because we get, we're so used to getting the earlier versions of Batman, the, the, you know, in his prime, still, still able to do, still nimble, still doing all of that. We're now getting the Batman that's just like, I just don't give a crap about anything. I'm going to kill everyone that, that's, I'm going to kill all the bad guys. I don't care. So it's, it's the post um, Robin dying Batman that we get with the Ben Affleck one. And I think it's a, it's just, I like that contrast, but I do like the Christian Bale one again, because I think he's the most adult version of Batman that we've ever gotten in um, any DC movie. So we're geeking out. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to jump into the questions before we spend the whole interview talking about comics. <laughs> so, um, We've kind of covered this slightly, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to go into a bit more detail. So can you share with the listeners who you are and what your business is about? So we kind of know who you are, but. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm Marissa. I own Gen Z Publishing. We're a book publishing company. Uh, We focus on publishing fresh voiced authors. That doesn't mean you have to be a member of the Gen Z generation. We have, you know, we do have several authors from that generation, but we have authors all the way up to the age of 87. Um, What our, you know, kind of goal is, is to publish authors. You know, I I started the company after... um, submitting queries to about 100 book publishers, only hearing back from a select few of them being published by one of them and saying, man, I I would love to publish author. You know, I was in college at the time and the consensus was, oh, you're too young to publish. You're in college. And I wanted a place where, you know, people aren't judged by their age or their background or anything like that. So we published a lot of books on uh, topical topics, on hard hitting topics. um, And uh, yeah, so that's, it's a a lot of fun there. And then I also own Dr. Rissi's writing and marketing. We are a 360 marketing company. We do SEO ads, PR, and social media. I also write for Entrepreneur, and I just found out I'm a nominee for the Forbes 30 Under 30 in media. So um, I get to, with that, write for Forbes as well. So uh, you see some, um, you know, I weekly, no, yeah, weekly I publish articles on Entrepreneur, and monthly I'll be publishing articles on Forbes. Awesome. That is absolutely brilliant. So um, let's go back to when it all started. Um, when was that? So was that college, pre-college? And what was that kind of light bulb moment that made you realize that you were entrepreneurial? Yeah. So um, I was a biomedical science student um, and I noticed that I kept rushing through my work to work on my own books and to freelance write and copyright for clients. Now I was 17. Uh, my biomedical science Academy was a high school, but it was also where we, I graduated with uh, an associate's degree. So it was like a hybrid kind of thing. Um, so I realized, you know, at age 17, man, this, 
biomed stuff, not my cup of tea like this writing is. I really enjoy this writing stuff. I really enjoy this, um, the business aspect of writing. You know, I, I started out for a love of writing, but then became, oh, okay, how can I get another client to, you know, order my editing services so I can keep editing? How can I get another client to, you know, um, purchase my book kind of thing? So, um, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. And when I started my book publishing company, I bootstrapped it. I That was another time I was in college and um, I went to the bank and they kind of laughed me out. They're like, yeah, we're going to give a college kid a, a loan for a business. Okay, you know, I'm open to lemonade stand. That was their kind of attitude. Um, so I, I decided... Um, you know, I had to bootstrap it from the beginning and to support that, to support the business. That was when I grew my freelance business into a larger business, started hiring people to help me with that. So I could use the funds that we made from uh, writing and marketing and all that stuff to support the book publishing company. But now it's become where they're kind of their own two entities. And um, it's pretty neat that both businesses grew at the same time when I originally was starting the one just to support the other. Awesome. Awesome. So um, obviously you you had some challenges right at the beginning. You had the banks not wanting not wanting to fund you and things like that. So how often did you question your path, and do you still have those moments of sort of questioning your path? Well, luckily, I grew up in my parents' mom and pop carpet shop, so they're entrepreneurs themselves, and um, I definitely had questioned it a few times, but um, my father was always there for guidance. And he said something right at the very beginning that stuck with me. Uh, He said that every day, something in your business is going to go wrong. And now I'm happy when only one thing goes wrong. I mean, stuff goes wrong all the time and there's just nothing to do about it. I mean, we all had the universal experience of COVID. That was something that went wrong that affected all of our businesses. But there's even more than that. You know, sometimes clients will uh, have their own thing where they'll say, oh, we, you know, we need to pause services this month because we're going on vacation. Sometimes it's, you know, an author, they're like, oh, can you add this picture into my book today? And it's like, your book is being released today. There's always something, you know, always something going wrong. And when you're prepared for that and you know that that's going to happen, it makes it so much easier and it alleviates a lot of those questions that you do have. Cool. So um, what motivates you as an entrepreneur? Um, I like, well, you know, I'm a natural born leader. I like always, um, being able to think for myself. Uh, I say, don't just think outside the box, realize that there is no box. So, um, that's the first thing for me. I get to flex my leadership muscles and, and, you know, do things, um, in a way that makes the most sense to me. Um, but I also really like helping authors and small businesses, you know, as I, said before, you know, I grew up in my parents' mom and pop carpet shop. I like being able to help other small businesses like theirs. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. You know, you have all these main street businesses make our communities a better place. And I get to help them by spreading the word about them online, just like these indie authors. You know, I love reading indie books. So it's really cool that I get to support them and let people know about their books uh, through the work I do online. Awesome. Awesome. So what would you say? So I'm going to flip the question slightly because I think I wanted to say, what do you think the top character, top three characteristics are for an entrepreneur? And I still want to ask that question, but what would you say are your top three strengths um, as an entrepreneur and, and then sort of follow on with what you think the top three characteristics of an entrepreneur are? Yeah, for me, it's definitely ambition, hard work and leadership. Um, you know, uh, there are so many brilliant people out there, 
who their their work just you know it doesn't stick or their business doesn't stick because they gave up they didn't you know um have the enough determination to to see it out and and uh, that's why you know there's uh, that whole hustle culture, which can be toxic, you know, there is a thing of working yourself too hard, but there's also a thing of, you know, just expecting instant results and then quitting when you don't see them right away. I see that hurt a lot of businesses right away. So I think that the top three um, skills that somebody needs to have when they become an entrepreneur are uh, grit or, you know, uh, not not letting things get you down so much that you quit. Yeah. Uh, leadership for sure. You need to be able to standing on your own two feet, not just do what the pack is doing. And I think third is um, working ethically, and that kind of goes along uh, with ambition. But um, you know, if you burn people, if you don't. Yeah, you know, I think we've all worked with jerks. They're not going to grow their business because nobody wants to work with them. Word does yeah. get out. So work ethically, treat others as you want to be treated, the golden rule. Uh, and it's definitely a golden rule for business as well. Yeah. Awesome. I, I really, really like that. That's something that I try and strive for in, in, in my business as well. And I, it's funny because I've, I've, uh, I did some work for a good friend who was co-host of this po- podcast and when we started and you know I think I've spoken to about this on the podcast before but it was a bad experience it wasn't a good good experience for either of us and it was more more so a misunderstanding so he wanted David the podcast guy the creative guy and what I heard in terms of what he or what I saw and thought he needed was David, the very corporate, businessy, uh, process driven, very quite rigid in when it comes to when it comes to the analytical stuff, I can be quite methodical and quite quite rigid, which is not a good thing. And it, it took this experience to point it out that um, you could I can't separate the two the two go hand in hand the creative element and that process element i need to be able to fuse the two and it was and that was i think that was the 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 best thing that happened having that experience with someone but it's just that whole we went into we went into the experience and it was one of those things that really tested a friendship it was something that really pushed us and the only way we resolved it was because we both, we, we sat down and had that conversation and it was about, you know, like he said, that treating each other how you want to be treated. And it was, I, I said to him, I would expect you to tell me when you feel something is wrong and he said vice versa. So we, we, you know, we set it out. What were your expectations and what were mine? And we talked it out and we decided, actually, this is going nowhere no, it's not going in the direction I thought, not going in the direction you thought. Let's stop and let's just do something informal. If you want to come on the podcast and promote your stuff, then do it. And if you need me in any capacity, then I'm available to help. And that's kind of how we've we've moved forward and we've sort of torn up the formal agreement because for me, it was more, I would rather help a friend in business um, and preserve the friendship than make some money from a, a quick business deal and lose a, a long-term friend. Um, and that's, 
to me, that's kind of the ethics that I have. It's, it's, I put value in my friend. That's not to say that you can't do business with friends. Obviously, have the agreements and all of that stuff in place and draw it up and make sure that people have the same understanding. But your personality, who you are, should always shine through in everything that you do. And if you have values, um, make sure that you reflect those values in your business. And, and the lesson that I was, I'm basically trying to give here is that I didn't reflect my true values and my true feelings in that transaction. I didn't really let him know that um, I was here for the, it was more, I was more interested in preserving the friendship than doing some sort of business deal. And it almost cost me a friendship. Anyway, <laughs> that's me telling the story. Um, oh, I've got another one. So what are the top three mistakes that you wish you avoided? in your journey? Um, so I think the first was not setting boundaries with uh, clients and even uh, employees. At first, I have one client who used to call me at like 1 a.m. And he was in the same time zone as me, but um, that was what he did. He was a big client and I used to take the calls and be exhausted and aggravated. And I resented him for a long time. He was a client for about five years. Um, and you know, I learned a little bit, I was, I was young. I was like 23 at the time. So I, I didn't know it was normal. I thought, oh, okay, I guess this is what every client does. Um, and I learned, you know, no, that's not normal. Um, uh, and I, I, yeah. So I think now, you know, it is in agreements. It's on our website. These are our office hours. You know, if you yeah. contact us, contact us after them, uh, we'll get back to you the next day. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I learned the importance of boundaries and expectation setting. That's the second one. Um, I think, you know, if he would have known from the beginning, hey, here are your expectations. You're going to get these deliverables. These are the hours I work. That's that's great. Then he knows, okay, I don't have to freak out. I'll just know to expect this within, you know, 24 hours of sending a document. Um and the third is probably to delegate. Uh, you know, when I started out, I did everything myself. I'm a writer by trade, but I would create our book covers. I would create graphics and all this stuff. And uh, I should have delegated that. The, the uh, result would have been better if I would have hired somebody who would have gone to school for graphic design. And I would have also had myself not pulled, pulled in so many directions. So delegation is a great thing. Awesome. I like those. Um... Yeah, I, I I think I learned similar things. The the delegation was was probably the biggest one for me because the lack of delegation cost me. Um, it cost me a business. It cost me the the first iteration of my business because I took on way too much, and I couldn't. You know, it was whilst I don't believe I don't truly believe in that. Um, jack of all trades, master of none. I don't truly believe that. I, I think it's important for an entrepreneur to have the ability to do a lot of things, but it's also to import, important to know your limitations and when to delegate. So if you might be good at coming up with the outline and the, the idea for a graphic, for the graphics for a, in your example, a book cover, but to actually take it to the finished product, delegate that to someone that that's their specialism, give them your idea and let them, you know, expand on it. 
Um, and it was learning to do that. That was a that was a massive thing for me. So I really like those answers. Um, how did you go about building your team, and what advice would you give to a future leader? Yeah, so I started out by um, going to my alma mater, Drew University, talking to their career center, hiring a few uh, people from there, a few students. Uh, you know, they were paid interns starting out, just you know, taught them. Um, and then from those, for the ones who it worked on both ends, where I liked their work, they liked working with me, um, I hired them. And um, from there, you know, it, it became a thing of if I needed to fill a position, I would post on one of my social media platforms. And uh, I would always get a lot of uh, responses of people who already knew about the businesses because we were already connected on social. And I would hire from there. And uh, that's how, you know, I have this team of people that a lot of them I personally know because either, you know, I know them from school or from my social media, for example, uh, you know, one of our, our, our social media um, manager, um, I went to elementary school with him. So these are all people that, you know, they live near me, which a lot of clients like to know that because there are so many companies where they're hiring people that they've never met. A lot of the times, you know, they're they just, they don't really know who they're working with or they can be working in different time zones. There could be language barriers, like that becomes an issue. So a lot of clients do like knowing that, you know, everybody on my team is in the same time zone. I personally know them. I trust them. We all have advanced degrees. Um, normally, most of our degrees are in English journalism, writing and business or marketing. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's uh, hiring within, you know, uh, I guess, well, in my case, the social media made sense because I'm always on social media. I have, you know, um, a lot of people that I'm connected with on there. But uh, I do know, you know, there are platforms out there as well that connect people like Upwork, uh, which is a big conglomerate, but they have a lot of uh, small independent businesses on there. So that's another good way to find people. Awesome. Um, So what do you look for in an employee or a potential collaborator? Yeah, so um, I, I I'm a little bit different than a lot of um, what you hear, you know, in the media of how to hire people. They say, "Oh, we do so many interviews, uh, ask them this question, ask them that question." But I've realized that in an interview, everybody sounds amazing. So what I like to do is hire, you know, three people on a contact a contract position to do a similar task. So let's say I hire three people. I ask each of them to write a blog article on spiders, right? They each do it. Uh, one person's going to turn in late. One person's going to turn in early. One person's going to turn in on time. Uh, one person, the, the writing is going to be great. One person is going to be mediocre. The other one's going to be okay. I kind of weigh all of those things, how well we work together, questions asked, and the person who did the best job, that's the one that we usually uh, work more with. And of course, that's a paid trial. Uh, a lot of companies are trying to get away with giving not paid trials. Like, oh, this is part of our job. I don't, I'm, I'm not into that. We pay them for their time working. Um, but then the one who did the best, uh, they they work with us more. Um, the one who did okay, you know, we kind of keep them in our files. And then the mediocre, we kind of, well, thank you for, for trying. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how we usually start out 
working. Um, it's a lot based on their work material. And then once people have been working with us, I've noticed the people who advance most in the company, again, I'm different than a lot of people. There are some people that are so like, this is my company. Don't tell me what to do. I'm the opposite. I like it when people tell me, hey, I have a suggestion for the company. Here's what I think we should do. I love that. Um, I had my right hand was with the company about five years and she would always do that. She would say, Maris, you know, I see that you were designing our book covers for a while, but we need to have a graphic design designer in here. I love that. Most people would have been afraid to say that because they would think it would insult me, but she was right and made the company so much better for doing that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, So can you give an example of your biggest win and your biggest loss and what each of them taught you? Yeah. um, I, well, I guess that Dr. Rissi's, hmm. Well, I could talk about the, yeah, okay. So we um, contracted work with uh, HP and Microsoft. We wrote their eBooks, white papers. A lot of the tweets in the UX division that you see from Microsoft um, are written by us. Um, and it was really neat working with them. And um, HP, their president of marketing, said that the work with us, uh, we wrote a, an ebook about uh, IOT. He said that was a game changer. That was so awesome. Um, and what that's what me, you know, it was a learning curve. They do things a little bit differently. Um, right away, they connect us with SEMs. And usually with a client, you have to do your own research. You have to find your own SEMs. But they had a system in place. So great. They're like, okay, here's Linda. Interview Linda for this. Okay, here's Jonathan. Interview Jonathan. It was a great system. So we learned, you know, um, how better to source SEMs. Um, and that, you know, working with a large company like that is quite different than working with a small business. They tend to be, uh, they tend to have a lot more meetings, but they tend to also know a lot more about what you're doing. Whereas with the small business, they're like, what's social media? A lot of the time with a corporation like that, they not only know it, but they know every, you know, uh, yeah. Hey, how, how, how are we going to track conversions kind of thing? Like it's, it's pretty neat. So, uh, that was a great experience. Um, and then our worst experience, uh, probably that client that I was talking talking about who would, you know, call me at 1am. And I, I should say, you know, when he would call me at 1am, it wasn't because he was angry about anything done. It was always, Hey, I have an idea for a new product to launch. Like it was that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, like I said, I learned just to set boundaries with that because no freelancer or company should, should have to deal with that. Yeah. Oh man, that makes me think. I I was probably one of those annoying clients. I never used to call anyone at 1am. But I was usually up working at 1 a.m. And I would be sending emails to um, I'd be sending emails to my accountants saying, I've got this idea. I'm working on I'm working on this idea. I need you to run some numbers and let me know if we can make this happen or not. And I'd I'd be firing off emails at 1 a.m. and and stuff like that. But I wouldn't pick up the phone and call anyone, I think. yeah, I know that if, if anyone called me at 1am, my wife would go absolutely <laughs> crazy. So <laughs> that was a note to self. Do not do it to anyone else. <laughs> um, what is your idea generation and evaluation process? And how do you know when you've landed on a good idea? Um. Yeah, I, I utilize Apple Notes. I kind of just think, uh, usually I'm driving um, and I usually just have something pop up and then I'll uh, voice record or go to my Apple Notes and uh, write them down. 
Um, and then I usually run them by somebody, oftentimes my father, uh, sometimes a trusted business colleague, somebody who I've worked with before. I run by the idea with them. Uh, then we create like a, a pitch deck or, uh, you know, an actual something that isn't just my scribbles, um, an actual plan laid out. Um, so a good example of this is I have a website that I created called Workalike, which matches freelancers to clients through personality quizzes. And I had this idea. I was uh, traveling. I was in my hotel room. I just jotted all these notes down. And then, you know, I worked with my team to create a pitch deck for it. And um, we created a website for it, but now it's still kind of sitting there. I got to, you know, that's the next thing, implementing those ideas. You know, you become so busy with your other businesses, but um, you know, the plan is now, okay, let's, let's pitch this to VCs and accelerators and see where we can take it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, So how do you balance the sacrifice needed to be successful with the R and R to remain um, sane and avoid burnout? Yeah. So, um, you know, I went from biomedical science Academy where during the day I would do high school in the evenings, I would do uh, college. And then in the late evenings, I would do my homework studying and freelancing. Uh, And then on the weekends, I would work on uh, my books and um, contests. I was really into like video contests and stuff like that. So I've always had like that hustle, hustle, hustle thing. And then even going through college and then going through grad school is the same kind of thing. It was work during the day, grad school, then after grad school, work on, um, you know, either a book or um, something with the business. Uh, And now for the first time, uh, which really happened when COVID started, I graduated. I graduated right at the start of COVID. Um, I graduated. So I don't have school. So, so many hours per week have opened up. That's like 20 hours per week. And at first I thought, okay, I'll invest that into the business. Um, But then I realized, you know, that burnout is real. And I love my business too much to let that happen. So I did something that I've never done. And for the past year and a half, I have strict business hours. Um, and I re- try really hard not to deviate from those. So I used to give clients my personal phone number. Uh, now everybody has my personal email that I check twice a day. Um, you know, I am careful with where I have my conversations. I have my hours listed everywhere and what a difference. So now, you know, I work typical work hours, typically like a nine to five, nine to six kind of deal. And then uh, from, you know, six o'clock until I go to sleep, I either spend time with friends and family Um, I do the things I enjoy, like video games and leisure reading. Um, And this is the first time I've ever had, you know, all these hours to myself to do things. And it's so cool and so liberating. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And I I appreciate it. Like, I think if I wouldn't have had this time, if I would have just gone in high school and, you know, said, okay, when I come home from school, I'm just going to watch TV. I wouldn't appreciate this as much, but now, you know, like last night I got to sit down and read a new book that I got. Oh my gosh. I appreciate it. I was like, wow, I couldn't have done this two years ago. Like, this is amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think though for for most people, just make that time, make your schedule carefully, and uh, you know, yeah. Cool. Well, Marissa, that's it. You have uh, survived the imperfectly human <laughs> entrepreneur questions. So um, I appreciate you coming on the show and you know answering these questions. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, I love to bring people different perspectives um i'm sure sometimes they get tired of hearing my voice all the time anyway (laughs) but it's um it's really good to 
get your perspective because even for me, I've taken stuff away from what you've said. Um, I always believed that you were never too old to learn something new. Um, you've got to be willing to treat every day as a school day because there is always something new to learn. And if you believe you've learned it, you've learned everything that there is to learn, then you're only really fooling yourself. Um, so I appreciate you coming on and sharing your your story and um, you know your tips and tricks for for everyone. So before we wrap things up, is there anything you want to share with the people? How to how they could potentially get in contact with you um, if they you know can how can they interact with you? Social media. Yeah, so um, I'm on pretty much every social media platform as Marissa Schwartz or Marissa Schwartz, uh, parentheses, Dr. Rissi. Um, I also have my website, drrissi.com. That's my pub, uh, my marketing company and my publishing company is genzpublishing.org. Awesome. Awesome. And are you okay with um, people reaching out to you for what sorts of things? What sorts of things do you not want people to obviously guys no creepy stuff <laughs> but um well that's the thing i mean i've been online i started my first youtube channel at age 14 i've gotten a lot of everything but um you know i i don't mind like i've had people reach out to me as a mentor just hey i'm starting a business do you have any advice i love that i've had people reach out hey i want to promote my business i'm looking to hire a pr firm can you help me with you know my my pr love doing it um i've had people reach out i have a book uh where can i pitch my book i can help with that too awesome that's great so um we will share your contact details in the show notes so guys if you want to reach out to marissa her details will also be in the show notes so uh, what have you got planned for the rest of the well i know it's we're in the kind of we're in the back end of the year what 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 should we look out for in the back end of the year and you know what what's what's coming up yeah so um we have books being released every two weeks at dr rissy's um uh, the Forbes 30 Under 30 article should be coming out. I also have a lot of articles that I write coming out on Entrepreneur and Forbes. Um, a lot of our clients are doing really cool things. Uh, so, you know, we, we share a lot of that on our social media. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what's going on. Cool, cool. Well, guys, that has been Marissa She has come through and completely smashed it with the tips and answering the questions so if you want to get in touch as i said her details will be in the contact in in the show notes um i want to thank you for listening i'm it's been one of those weeks where i get to be quite sort of laid back and chilled and not say much because someone else is doing all the talking so it's been a good relaxing episode for me um but next week we will be back i think we have another interview scheduled for next week as well so hey that's going to be another fun one um but i will keep posting keep your eyes peeled you will see me on daily perspective at daily perspective network on instagram you can catch me at daily perspective on facebook at sorry at daily perspective network on facebook or if you want to get at me personally, it's at Mr. Daily on Twitter, Instagram, 
and basically every, every social media platform just look for at mr daily but other than that i will catch you next week be good to each other take care of yourselves don't work too hard make sure you balance your work and personal lives and um, be the best that you can be that's all take care of yourselves and i will catch you next week thank you for listening to this week's episode of the imperfectly human podcast remember to subscribe and share this podcast You can do this on your favorite streaming platforms.